Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. This morning, um, I'd like to bring you a word um, And the title of my message is, What Are You Waiting For? And I want to read to you today from out of the book of Luke, chapter 2. Just one other thing too, we have one other food parcel. So if you're aware of anyone in need, we were able to give out three this week. So if you're aware of anyone else that is in need in our community, please um, see Andrew and Carolyn after the service. There's one little basket of goodies so we'd really want to be able to bless someone in our community that that is doing it tough this year so and there's so many aren't there thank you Jesus Luke chapter 2 I'm reading from verse 25 and behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marvelled at those things which were spoken of him. So Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne of grace this morning with grateful hearts and thankful hearts. And Lord, open hearts, Father, to receive the word that you want to speak to us, Lord God, that we would not leave this place the same way that we came in, that you would deposit in us the very thing that we are looking for in you today, Father God, that we can leave this place today knowing you more, loving you more and feeling loved by you more than ever before so that we can be bearers of light and love in Jesus' name to our our beautiful families and our community, Lord God. We commit this into your hands and I ask, Father, as I bring this word that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, that you would get all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because it's all about you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. If you're here with us for the first time this morning or if you're here back from interstate, welcome. So good to see you. So good to have you here. How wonderful just to be together. This morning I want to just unpack this scripture a little bit. I've been doing a study this week on the person of Simeon or Shimon or uh, Simon as we may say it in our anglicised version. And um, in the book of Luke it talks about Simon, Simeon coming to the temple and there's only one reference in the New Testament to him. But we understand that um, from history that he was the son of Hillel. I'll just give you a little bit of background. He was the first who was given the title Rabban, which was the highest title given to doctors in the land at that time. He succeeded his father Hillel as president of the college that his father founded and of the great Sanhedrin. The Jews say 
that he was imbued with a spirit of prophecy, a prophetical spirit that moved upon him at times. And that he, tu- he was turned out of his place because he witnessed against common opinion of the religious, of the orthodox at that time, um, concerning the coming of Messiah. He was waiting for Messiah to come. Interestingly, Simeon had a son whose name was Gamaliel, or Gamaliel as some might know. And you, you will recognise that name. He was a Pharisee of some repute written about in the New Testament. And he was opposed to anyone who believed in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And isn't it ironic that such a man as Simeon, who was waiting for Messiah and who was waiting to receive Jesus had a son, had family that were opposed to everything that he was waiting for and believed in. And I I kind of reflected this week about the fact that so often when we um, receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, there are many in our family that don't understand, don't accept, and in fact will persecute us for our belief in him. But God knows all that too. We know that Simon was obedient. We know that he was a man who listened to God We know that he was devout and that uh, he was righteous. He was a man that did good things. He was professed, as I said, of a, a spirit of prophecy and one of holiness as well. And the Holy Ghost was on him. And he'd received the promise from God that he was not going to die until he saw the Messiah. See, in Jewish, Jewish law, the, the Jews today are still waiting for their Messiah. They're still waiting for their Christ, their anointed one. They're still waiting for him to come. But Simeon knew that the Messiah was coming because God had told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. And we know this Messiah is Jesus Christ, as the Jews say, Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus, Messiah, the anointed one of God. And so when Simeon went into the temple, he was led by the Spirit of God and he went into the temple and he waited. And my message today has really spoken to me. I can't ever bring a message unless it's really dealing with something in my life. What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? What is it in our life that we spend so much time being focused on and fixed on and I did a bit of a word search this week and I'm not sure if any of you are aware of the Huffington Post but it's an online um, journal and it talked about what we spend our years on in our life so if our lifetime is around 70 79 years um, what is the breakdown of what we do with our life And this is not scientifically proven, it's just opinion, but it's fairly common opinion. So I'm just going to throw some things out and uh, see what you think. So it's years as in 24-hour periods. What is the breakdown of our time? We spend sleeping 26 years of all of our life. But of that, we spend seven years trying to sleep. So for those of you who've got little kids or got health issues or noisy neighbours or whatever, you spend seven years of your 79 allocated years trying to sleep, tossing and turning. I had someone come to me once saying, I can't sleep, can you pray for me? I said, yes, what do you do when you wake at night? They say, I pray that God will give me sleep. (laughs) And I say, well, perhaps God wants to speak to you in those awake hours. We spend 13 years at work. 
And get this, we spend 11 years of our 79 years with screen time, three of those years in total on social media. That's, a, that's something to think about, isn't it? We spend four years eating. Hallelujah. <laughs> we have three years of leisure time or holiday time or downtime. And of the last few, one year exercising, one year socialising, one year in total of education, we spend time waiting in queues, 235 days. And of the 79 years, 115 days are spent in laughter. And I looked at that and I thought, wow. Maybe it's time for me to assess what I'm spending my time doing, where my energies are going and what I'm waiting for. So what's left of those 79 years are eight years and two months to travel, to clean the house, to see shows, to have family fun, to run the races that you want to do, to tell the stories, to create, to write, etc., etc. So where does God come into all of that? Where does God come into our so-called 79 years and what we do with all of that? And I thought for a start, you know, I could spend seven years that I'm trying to sleep seeking God and then I could cut back on the 26 years of sleeping and spend some more time seeking God. And for each of us it all looks different, but when we think about our lives, what are we waiting for? And what's our focus on during that time? Are we focusing on what God wants us to do? Are we focusing on our family, our friends, our workplace? And all of those things are essential and necessary, but unless we've got the foundation right, unless we're building on the foundation that God's put into our lives, building on the rock of our salvation, that foundation of Christ, the cornerstone, the one that holds us together, the one that holds us in the palm of his hand, the one who will never leave us and never forsake us and never leave us without a comforter. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Unless we're building our life on the things of God, we're just waiting, aren't we? How much of our lives do we waste? And how much of our lives do we spend waiting on things that are not going to give us the satisfaction we need? the encouragement we need, the purpose that we need. So our focus on Jesus six days out from Christmas, let's dig into this passage of scripture and see what we can find today. So we have the temple, we have the baby Jesus brought into the temple and they say he was around 40 days of age when he came in. And Simeon, so we've got the two generations that we look at, opposite ends of the scale, one beginning life in the temporal realm and one passing towards the end of life in the temporal world realm. And it's a remarkable meeting. It's orchestrated by the Holy Spirit because Simeon was led into the temple by the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes if we're not led by the Spirit of God, we walk into situations that we are not prepared for or not up to. We can be challenged with things in our lives that we're not ready for and yet if we are waiting on God, if we're waiting on him and his prompting and being led by the Spirit of God, then we know that every step we take is along the path that God has for us and there's a God purpose with it all. 
Knowing that God is in control of our lives, not us. We get to choose whether we walk in obedience to God or we get to choose whether we walk in disobedience and do stuff our way. Like Frank Sinatra once said, I did it my way. And sometimes we can do it our way and sometimes we need to discover whether we can do things or not. But it's in being independent that we have to understand that the only way we can be 100% independent is being 100% dependent upon God, the one who made us, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb, the one who has created us. We are fearfully and wondrously made and God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of us, no matter what the circumstances are dictating, no matter what you're going through in your life at this time. We're not in control. God is in control. Says Simon, Simeon was waiting and he didn't know when Messiah was going to arrive. And he didn't know the answers to a lot of things. Just like us, we're waiting for the hope. We're waiting for the life to come. But he knew how to wait on the Lord. He knew how to let God be in control. He knew how to sit and wait for God to give him the revelation that he needed. You see, letting go of our agenda and adapting And adopting God's agenda is one of the hardest things for us ever to do because if you're anything like me, you want to fix it. You see a situation, you want to run ahead and you want to fix it. But sometimes we can get in the way of what God wants to do in our fixing. Sometimes we need to just sit back and wait and let God do what only God can do. Sometimes you're not the answer to prayer that someone's praying. And sometimes you are. But sometimes God wants to work in situations way beyond our finite mind and our ability to show that he's God, he is king, he is Lord. So waiting is a topic that is often talked about in the Bible. Let me just bring you a few scriptures on waiting. Who, who finds waiting hard? Yeah, good. I'm glad I'm not alone there. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Micah 7.7, therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Psalm 62.5, my soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Galatians 5.5, into the New Testament now, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope We wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Philippians 3.20 For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And James 5.7 And the title of this chapter is Be Patient and Persevering. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. So waiting is a gift and it's something that I think we all need to work on at times. Have you ever got to a set of stoplights, had to stop, and someone in front of you doesn't see it go green and you're in a hurry? What do you do? Do you toot your horn? Do you say, bless them, Jesus? (laughs) Or do you wait patiently? 
See, patience and waiting go hand in hand. And I just want to ask you this morning, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? I'd say some of the children here today will be waiting for gifts on Christmas Day. Would that be right? Yeah. I am. I'm a big kid. (laughs) Many of us um, in our lives go from event to event. From crisis to crisis, sadness to sadness, occasion to occasion. But Simeon was waiting on God. He wasn't looking around him. He wasn't dependent on his circumstances. He wasn't worrying about his son who was criticising him and saying, these ones waiting for Messiah. He's not going to be born in our generation. He knew what he was waiting on. Let's look at the scripture. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We know he had the Holy Spirit on his life. We know he was righteous and devout. We know he was an older man. But the what... What was he waiting on? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And we're talking about New Testament. We're talking about New Covenant. We're talking about the Messianic Age and the fulfilment of all the Old Testament prophecies that are saying there's a Messiah coming, one born of the line of David, the root of Jesse, of the line of David, of the line of David, and he will be as the lion of the tribe of Judah. We're talking about a great event that was prophesied right through the Old Testament. Through the Old Testament, there's a thread, a red thread of blood from Genesis right through to the book of Malachi. It's incredible, and it all prophesies and foretells the coming of Jesus. It's all there, it's all written, and it's all been proven in years since as history has been retraced and biographies have been looked at and history books have been looked at. That as Jesus came, every single one of those prophecies was fulfilled and it was identified, it was witnessed and it was testified to. That Jesus was coming and Simeon was there waiting to see the Messiah. He wasn't sure how or who it was going to be, but he knew he was waiting on the consolation of Israel. The one who was going to be the peace bringer. The one who was going to be the king. The one who was going to bring peace to a land that was overruled by the Romans where all the Jewish people were being persecuted. Where there was such persecution that... That's another sermon... There was such persecution on them that they were just waiting, 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 praying for Messiah to come. It would have been easy to assume that that would involve the the Messiah coming would be a man with flaming arrows on a charger, a valiant charger coming through to annihilate all the enemies. It might have been easy to assume that he would just descend from heaven. Who, who would know what to expect? But Simeon's mind was open because his heart was open, because he was waiting to see the promise that God had given him, that he would see the Messiah before he died. Would have been easy to have wrong concepts and wrong ideas, and sometimes we have those wrong ideas in our own heads about what to expect. Sometimes we pray those prayers. Lord, heal this person. Don't let them die. And they die. 
And yet through it all, God works so incredibly and powerfully. So we trust God with the circumstances that we don't always understand. We trust God with the things that we can't wrap our heads around because we've got finite minds. But God is an infinite God, a God of love and grace and mercy, a God that knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And we also know that even though things go wrong, in the light of eternity, he makes all things beautiful. He makes all things wondrous. And in heaven, there is no tears, no sorrow, no sadness. We sit at the feet of our Lord and Saviour, who is the light of the world. And every tear will be gone and every heartache will be healed. And we will all know it was all worth it. Because while we're here, we need to make the main thing the main thing. And the hope that we have in Jesus, we've received him as Saviour and Lord. Or for those of you who haven't, I'm going to pray an opportunity for you at the end of the service to receive Jesus, the Saviour, the Lord of the world, who came as a baby in a manger, but who's coming back as the risen King, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will be on a white horse and he will have letters down his leg and it will be the king of kings and he's coming back for his church and that is awesome and we can get excited about that church amen amen (laughs) so do we ever tell God what it is we want and then get disappointed when he moves in our circumstances and it's not the way we want are we praying for our family situation are we praying for those dear ones in Tasmania and here this week who've lost precious ones. Do we see God in that? Do we ask the questions, Lord, what do you want to do in this? How can we pray? Some things we cannot understand. But we trust God. And we know that God is a good God. He's a wondrous God. He's a merciful God. And at the end of the day, we will know when we stand before him. But we're to be the arms and the feet and the mouth and the ear, ears. To see the things God's showing us. To speak the words that God wants us. Words of comfort and words of life and words of hope. The hands to do the things, the practical things that we can do for our community and those that are in loss and grief. And the feet to go, just to be there. And sometimes even speaking a word. Sometimes the love comes in actions, not just in words. It always requires trust and it always requires faith. But God has given us faith as a mustard seed, That as we exercise it and say to this mountain that's before us, that looks insurmountable, move and it will move. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Simeon understood that to see the what, the consolation, He was going to need to meet the who. The waiting for the consolation of Israel was the only possible, would only be possible through the Lord's Christ. 
meeting Jesus. How am I going for time, guys? So what do we want to do with our lives at this point? What is it that we're looking to do? What is it on your heart to do? What is it that's burning in your heart to do for Jesus? What changes are ahead in the years that are ahead? You know, the world has changed so much in these last two years. We're coming up three years in March since all of these circumstances have changed in our world. And yet, I see it as such incredible God-given opportunity for the church to rise up and be the answer in our community and beyond. You see, none of our goals matter unless they're founded in him. All of our goals are worthless, except that there are seasons in things. And as we sow into our partner, our family, our friends, our church, the temporal joy that comes is only exceeded by the eternal joy of serving God, serving him with all our hearts and our souls and sharing the hope that we've got in Jesus because he's a wondrous God. He's a mighty God. We might spend 26 years sleeping and four years eating, (laughs) but what are we doing the rest of our time? Living a life worthy of our Saviour and Lord, Jesus Christ. You see, Simeon was there anticipating death, but he found life in the person of Jesus. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And Simeon said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples. Can you put that picture up, Esther, please? You see, that's an image from an artist of Simeon receiving Jesus. And look at his face. Look at the joy on his face. And this is just an artist's impression. He's receiving the life knowing that Jesus was the saviour. The Messiah. But we don't see Jesus as the babe at this time. We see him as the risen Lord. We see him as Messiah, King. And as we receive him, the roles are actually reversed. We're as the babe being born again. To receive the Father through Jesus Christ the Son as led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? That we receive Jesus as Saviour. And what joy fills our heart and what life comes into our heart when we do that. Because when we're in the midst of death and darkness... And the light of the world comes into our lives and the scales fall from our eyes and we see Jesus as the King and the Lord and the Saviour and our Messiah and our Deliverer and our Healer and our Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. The joy that we have in our hearts because of the mercy that he's poured out upon us, that he died the death that we deserved. 
that he came into the world as the sinless son of God, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as he did that for us, we need never know that eternal separation from God. We can live a life fulfilled in him, waiting on him, waiting upon his word. And as we wait upon him, it says in Isaiah 40, as we wait upon him, he will renew our strength. We will rise up on wings as eagles. We'll run. We will not grow weary when we do it in his strength. Who are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? What is holding us back from entering into that full relationship with him and serving him with all our hearts and all our minds, all our strength, so that we can fulfill the great commission of this world, that we would preach the gospel, that we would reach the lost, that we would take his light and his love into dark places, that we would be speakers of life into those situations, that we would pull alongside the lost, the lonely, the hurting, and love them with the love of Christ. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Maybe today you're feeling like you need to have that love poured on you. Well, the presence of the Holy Spirit is here today to pour his presence into you, to minister to you. And there are those of us here today with arms and legs that want to love on you as well and pray for you and help you in your waiting, in the patience that God wants to work within you as you do that, as he gives you that great commission, this is what I want you to do today. This is how I want you to move today. This is how I want you to speak into a situation today. Just like Simeon, those who wait on the Lord, yes. Just like Simeon, he waited, he received. And the Bible doesn't tell us that he died. We don't know what happened to him after that. We just know that he knew Jesus. He saw him and he blessed Joseph and Mary and said I can now depart in peace and when we receive Jesus we can say the same thing we can now depart in peace when we've completed what God's given us to do on this earth and until then we get on with it we do it we walk this world in the love of Christ in the strength of Christ in the hope of him amen you know what age doesn't disqualify us either you might be two years old you might be 92 years old or 97 years old you're not disqualified by age God wants to work in you and he wants to work through you my granddaughter Lucy this week there was a little bird on the ground and it fallen out of a tree and she walked up as close as she could get to it and said Heal that bird, Lord Jesus. And off she walked. Childlike faith. Sometimes we need to operate in that and get out of our heads and into our hearts. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? It's never too late and you're not disqualified. Come back to Jesus. Come back to him with that passion that he wants to Burn in your heart like a fire that rages. The embers may have grown kind of cold. Maybe you've had too many 
horrible things happen in your life. Maybe you're discouraged and disappointed. Let me tell you, get back up one more time and walk in him and in his power. Ask him to strengthen you for one more day. All we've got to do is one more day and God works through that. Amen. I'm going to close with that. Just like Simeon, we can depart in peace when we've waited and received Jesus and walked in obedience to him. Amen. Amen. And I've got three more pages of notes, but I think I've said what I need to. So let's pray. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just like Simeon, so many of us here and online have received you, Lord Jesus, as Saviour and Lord, as our risen King, but there are some who have not yet received him. And Father, today I pray that there should be one in this place or online that wants to reach out and receive Jesus and take hold of him. Father God, that you would minister to every heart today and I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would receive me as your child. I ask forgiveness of my sin. I ask, Lord God, that you would be my saviour and God. I ask, Lord God, that you would put me on that right track that you want me to be on. I ask, Father God, that you would wash me and cleanse me and give me, Lord God, the heart that you want me to have to do the things that you want me to do. I ask you, Lord God, today to, Lord, in create in me that will to do your will, Father, and help me to walk in obedience. I pray, Father God, that you would just minister to my heart. Lord, you know everything I've done. You know everything I've said. You know everything I've thought. I give it to you now. And I pray, Lord God, for that divine exchange by your spirit that you would begin a new work in me as I become born again by your spirit. I ask this in the precious and the matchless name of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And that is the promise that you have given us. For those of us, Lord God, who are waiting and waiting and have given up waiting, Father, I pray for a resurrection life to rise up from within, Lord God, that we would, Lord God, rise up in the power of your spirit and choose this day to do one more thing for you and tomorrow to do one more thing for you. Lord God, that you would compel us, Lord God, that you would, Lord, infuse us with that resurrection life as we choose this day mm, to stop waiting on everything except you, that you will renew our strength and we will rise up on wings as eagles. So we commit ourselves into your hands this day. Lord, use us for your glory. Use us in our community with our family and friends to be speakers of life and love and hope in you, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Father, that you would just continue just to pour your spirit out upon this beautiful city of Murray Bridge and beyond with the hope and the life of Jesus. We commit this service into your hands. 
in Jesus' most precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to me today. I do get a bit passionate about this because Jesus, he's my life. He is my life. And um, he's worth it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.